eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in to WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94WIP. Check out there on YouTube. We'll do a lot of video podcasts, myself and Tucker Bagley. So I wanted to dive into the state of the NFC here, post-trade deadline, kind of halfway through the season. Obviously, a big game coming up here. Sunday, Eagles-Cowboys, 425 at the link. But really, it's been an ever-changing top of the NFC with one constant this year, and that has been the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have been, depending on where you look, who, who you, and what power rankings you want to look at, how you want to do your power rankings, from the beginning of the season till now, the Eagles have been one, two, or three in the NFC every week, and obviously more towards one, and right now I'd have them one because they are seven and one. And the other teams have shown some more. It's now who's two, who's three, who's four, who's five. That has fluctuated here. It feels like there are five teams in the NFC right now that are legitimate contenders to get to the Super Bowl. Five teams. That That's all I see. I, I eliminate anybody beyond that. I mean, right now, if you look at the playoff, you know, seeding in the NFC, Eagles, Lions, Seahawks, Falcons, Cowboys, Niners, Vikings. Look, the, nobody from the South is getting to the Super Bowl. The Falcons have just benched Ritter to put in Heineke. The Saints are a very mediocre football team. The Vikings are going to start Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall on Sunday. Let's get real. Bucks, Rams, Commanders, Packers, Giants. I mean, these are the teams that could vie for the seventh seed. So there are five teams in the NFC that are viable champion contenders, like NFC championship contenders. Here's how I'd rank those five. We'll go from five through one and, and kind of talk about which are the biggest threats. Because that's what I think this is about. Who, who are the biggest threats? Let's do, actually do it this way. Because power rankings are whatever they are. Let's rank the threats to the Eagles in the NFC. All right? And that goes for now within the season, but also to get to the Super Bowl, to win the NFC crown. The Eagles are the defending NFC champions. Who's going to take that crown? And then 
we'll end with and kind of weave it in the path to the one seed for the Philadelphia Eagles, what they have to do to get the one seed in the NFC and really of the next six games, because boy, is it a gauntlet of games. How many of those do they have to win? And which games are the priority games to get to the NFC number one seed? I mean, could they go three and three and still get there? with a 13 and four record when this thing is said and done? Yeah, but they probably have to win the right games. So we'll get to that coming up as well, because that, that really, the path to the postseason is going to be fascinating. The Eagles are going to be in the playoffs. Let's call it for what it is. They have seven wins. Uh, those teams I just mentioned, you probably none of them, for that seven seed, get to 10. Eagles have to win two more games. They have the Giants, the Giants, and the Cardinals on the schedule. Even if the Eagles go 0-6 these next six, they probably still make the playoffs. That's how good of a start they're off to and how bad the bottom of the NFC is. But that's not the, the, the purpose. The purpose is to win the NFC Championship and to get to the Super Bowl. All right. In terms of power ranking the teams that I think are the biggest threats to the Eagles in the NFC. All right, let, let's start with the, the, the bottom, okay? I'm going to rank the four contenders in the NFC as threats to the Eagles. Right now, I have the Seahawks as last. I have them as the least, the not the biggest threat, the least threat. I don't know how to say this. You know what I'm trying to say. The team that I view in the, in the least chance that they knock the Eagles out and get to the Super Bowl. That is the Seahawks. It's not because they're not good. They are. They're 5-2. and two. They just traded for Leonard Williams. They're 4-1 of the conference. They went into Detroit and won. Geno Smith has backed up his really big year last year, which certainly a solid year this year. He's not playing quite as well as he did last year. He has six interceptions. His pass train's a little bit down, but he's a solid quarterback. 67% completion. He's a good player. They've run the ball effectively enough. Not great. Actually, they year the football more to Zach Charbonnet, the rookie running back. But Kenneth Walker's been pretty good for them. Four and a half yards of carry. They obviously have big-time receivers on the outside. I mean, DK Metcalf's a monster. Lockett is a good receiver. Uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigbas, come on. Bobo, the other rookie, is a good player. They have, they have good weapons there. Defensively, they go out and get Leonard Williams. Boye Mathe's played really well for the five sacks. Jaron Reed in the middle. They're, they're good. I mean, they have you know, has a total of 26 sacks this season, which is a good number about halfway through the year. They're a good football team. I just think they have a ceiling. Now, their secondary's coming on, and Witherspoon is a really good player, the rookie they took high in the draft. I just think they have a ceiling. Good team. I do not think they are a great team. I put Seattle as the bottom of the teams that could come out of the NFC. They're number five. Or number four, and I say this with out complete confidence because I do think they are a team with a great knockout punch. This, this team reminds me of the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo Bills of the NFC. And that's the Dallas Cowboys who we see here on Sunday. Dallas is capable of beating any team on this list. Maybe outside of San Francisco because that team seems to have their number. But they are they are, at times are a dominant, dominant football team. They have a great knockout punch. When they get up, they just keep piling on. They could beat the crap out of teams. So Dallas has a very high ceiling. Dallas has the potential to get to the Super Bowl, but they always have the potential to get to the Super Bowl, and then they just screw it up. I think they made a mistake by not going and adding at the trade deadline. Their offensive line has shown some leakage. I saw early last week Dak get taken down a bunch. Their defense has still been really, really, really good for the most part without Trayvon Diggs. The weird loss in Arizona stands out. If it was only the Niners' loss, I think we'd just say, all right, they lost to a great team. But the Arizona loss stands out that they could you know, have weak moments, which if they're going to win this division or get a number one seed, you can't because you just can't drop any more games. Dallas is untrustworthy, and that's why I had them at number four. All right, number three is the Detroit Lions, a team I've been very high on. One of the first podcasts I did on WIP Daily 
after the NFL draft, I said, beware the Lions. They are coming. The, Detroit is a really good football team that I, I just think people don't want to admit they are, and they have something going for them right now, which is a super, super easy schedule. And we'll get to the number one seed thing, but you know, Detroit's going to be favored in eight of their final nine games. They have a legitimate chance to be the number one seed. They have a good quarterback. They have a, a good offensive line. They have good running backs. They have good skill position players, a good rookie tight end. Their pass rush is coming on, although I thought they probably should have added something there at the trade deadline. Secondary's good, not great. Brian Branch is a tremendous rookie at the safety position. They've got good linebackers. They could play. I mean, they're a good football team, and... They've got a, a coach in Dan Campbell. I know everyone thinks of the biting the kneecaps and this bravado and how he looks. He's a smart dude. I mean, he really, he's got the, that team runs through a wall for him. And I think he's one of the best in-game coaches in the NFL. He is aggressive to the nth degree. He understands how the game is played right now. I think they are a very, very dangerous team. You look right now in DVOA, they rank sixth in the entire NFL, only one NFC team, I'll tell you who in a minute, is ahead of them. Okay, They're the sixth best team in the NFL in terms of DVOA. They are, in terms of offensive rank, they are the sixth best team. In terms of defensive rank, Okay, they are right now, defensively, DVOA, we're talking about one, two, three. They're the seventh best team. They're a top 10 in both offense and defensive DVOA. It's pretty darn good. I mean, that that's where they are right now. This is a good good football team. And I don't think we are really, we're, I don't think we're properly putting it into context because it's the Lions. But sometimes the schedule dictates it. Sometimes the team dictates. They're pretty healthy. Gibbs is coming on. I give Detroit a, a really high mark here. I think they're the third team and really the second team um, in terms of the biggest challenge to the Eagles in the NFC and, and, and we'll get to the number one seed thing in the path of Eagles. Do not sleep on Detroit getting the number one seed. I, I think there's a real chance they lose only one more game the rest of the season, and that is late in the year in Dallas. That means 14-3. and 13-4 and or 14-3 and are very, very viable for this Lions football team right now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, and the team that I view still as the number one threat to the Eagles, still. That's despite three straight losses, are the San Francisco 49ers. Look, they're in a rut right now. But I think they probably get out of it. Okay, they have a plus seventy-eight point differential, which is the best in the NFC. They are a team that still, in terms of DVOA, in terms of adjusted metrics, is off the charts good. They are still right now the number two team in the NFL in DVOA. Offensively, they are ranked as the second best team. Defensively, they are ranked as still. I mean, not not as good as they were, but still a top half of the league team. Okay, they and the they and the Eagles are pretty close. Uh, San Francisco sixteen, Eagles eighteen. They add Chase Young, who I think will add a lot to the to what they have right now on that football team. The Purdy thing is interesting. I mean, has he gone totally backwards here? He has. There's no question about that. But you look at what they've got coming up here, and the schedule is a little bit more challenging than maybe it looked like early in the season because Jacksonville's figured it out they go to Jacksonville next. But that's off a bye. They're home against Tampa. 
They go to Seattle on a Thursday. Uh, actually, on that's a big game. Thanksgiving night in Seattle. Huge game in the NFC West. Then they come here. Seattle back at home. Arizona. Baltimore at home on Christmas night. Another big game. At Washington and the Rams. Okay, let's just be let's be conservative here. I think they'll beat Jacksonville next week. They'll beat Tampa. Let's say they lose to Seattle and Seattle. Okay, let's give them a loss there. You know, Philadelphia here. They can lose that game. That's five losses. I'm not sure they lose again after that. Um, they'll they'll split with Seattle. Okay, they'll beat Arizona. I think they'll beat Baltimore at home on December 25th. And then you know we're talking about a 12 and five team. And really, this is going to be the kind of year where it's there's going to be good wild card teams in the NFC because. Seattle or San Francisco is going to be a wild card team. Philadelphia or Dallas is going to be a wild card team. The head-to-head matchup is going to be great here. I still think Shanahan's really good. I still think this offense will move with Purdy. Their first, thir- I mean, they have scored thirty or they scored thirty or more in all the first five weeks. Since then, 17, 17, 17. Are they that team? Are they the team early in the season? We're going to find out really soon. We're going to find out starting next week at Jacksonville. My guess is they figure it out. I still put them as the number one challenge Eagles. So I go Niners 1, Lions 2, Cowboys 3, and then number 4, I go Seattle. Okay, as far as the number one seed Eagles path here to get it, I think it's going to have to be... I think the number one seed will have to have a 13-4 and four record at least. 14-3 and three will get it. 13-4, and four I think, will be a tiebreaker situation in the NFC. Now, the good news for the Eagles is their one loss right now, their one loss, is in the AFC. Okay, the Lions have two losses, and one of those was an NFC team, Seattle. One of those was an AFC team when they lost to Baltimore. But the Eagles' path to the number one seed, I believe, is this. They need to get to at least 13-4, and four, and they need to win or lose the right games. I think there's a chance the Eagles could go... They go three and three in their next six games, this gauntlet here, and still get the one seed. It's a matter of the which games they win. All right, let's play this thing out. Okay. I'm gonna play it out and say the Eagles in the next six games beat the Cowboys at home, lose at the Chiefs, lose to the Bills, beat the Niners, beat the Cowboys, lose to the Seahawks, and then win out. Eagles. Over the Giants, Eagles over the Cardinals, Eagles over the Giants. If you go by that, uh, New York Times has a playoff simulator, right? You you pop in a team, a scenario, and then play out the games, and they tell you the probabilities to be whatever. So if if that if the three losses left on the Eagles schedule are Chiefs, Bills, Seahawks, which means two of the three are against AFC teams, the Eagles have an eighty five percent chance to get the number one seed. Now, let's switch it. Let's say they lose both to the Cowboys, lose uh, one of the games to the Cowboys, but beat the Seahawks. Okay, let's switch it up. If they beat the Cowboys, if they lose to the Cowboys, but beat the Seahawks, it actually goes up to 88%. Okay, now let's, let's switch this thing around. Let's say they lose to the Cowboys, they lose to the Chiefs, but they beat the Bills, but lose to the Niners. Let's play that scenario out. Okay, that's a different one. And that drops their scenario pretty significantly. That puts them at 75% to get the number one seed. So they could drop three of the next six games and still have a, I would say, between a 75 and 85, let's go set 70 to 85% chance to be the number one seed. It's a matter of which games they lose, though. The, if they drop a lot of the NFC games, it changes things, right? Let, let's switch this up. Let's say they lose both to the Cowboys and to the Niners, but they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills, 
they beat the Seahawks, all right? So the Eagles still go 3-3, three and three, but the losses to the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. It goes down to 38%. And really, in fact, they're more likely at that point to be a wildcard team with Dallas winning the division. So the Dallas, over the next six weeks, the games we got to hone in on. I mean, quite clearly, 49ers, Cowboys, Cowboys. Bills and Chiefs are big games, but they don't hold the kind of weight. They do not hold the kind of weight that the opposite does. The AFC games are cute. They're fun. They're great for television, great for our emotion, maybe bad for our emotions. It's the NFC games. Three and three in the next six is quite acceptable. It's just which games they win, starting this Sunday against the Cowboys. The path to the one seed is, is very clear. The Eagles have a real chance. I'm going to quickly do this just to give a sense of what they're going up against and why why you know the Eagles are going to have to get to at least 13. I'm going to play out the Lions because I do think the Lions have a real chance to have the number one seed. I think the Lions only lose one more time. Let's give them a second loss, though. Let's say they lose. They'll beat the Chargers. They'll beat the Bears. They'll beat the Packers. Let's say they lose at the Saints and they lose at the Cowboys, okay? Win every other thing. That gives them 13 wins. They would only have a 29% chance to get the number one seed in that scenario. Okay, so 13 probably only gives them the number two seed in this scenario, not the number one. Okay, now if the if the, they go 14 and three, they're probably going to get it because I don't think the Eagles are going to get to 14 and three. That's that's the key. If the Lions lose a couple, the Eagles have a real, real chance at the number one seed, even with three and three next six. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We will talk soon. It's Dallas week, folks. We'll talk soon on WIP Daily.